Welcome back to Common Sense Fantasy Baseball. Last night I participated in the draft for my first ever NFBC main event league. I practiced what I preach and bullied hitting like crazy, just like I discussed in our last episode. Today, I'd like to spend a few minutes reviewing the draft. I had the third pick, and the first two went just as you would expect, Trout and Betts. Right away, I had a pretty big decision, which I'd obviously thought about a lot. We know I'm not taking Scherzer or any pitcher, but Jose Ramirez, J.D. Martinez, Trey Turner, and several others had to be considered. But I went with Christian Yelich. As I tweeted a few days ago, people are expecting regression. Number one, okay, regression is fine. He was the MVP last year. But number two, I think people are overestimating how much he overachieved in 2018. He hit 21 home runs in the last two months of the season. I'm not extrapolating this and saying he'll hit 60 this year, but it wasn't just some accident either. The power has always been a bit masked at Miami, but it was there. He had 43 barrels in 2016 and 33 in 2017, so his home runs of 21 and 18 respectively were lower than you would expect. Uh, Probably a lot of them were turned into doubles. He had 74 doubles in those two seasons combined. But uh, I also think the power could still be developing. He's not exactly a walking muscle. Maybe the last two months of 2018 pretend for things to come. I'm not predicting him for 45 home runs, but I don't think 35 is out of the question. But with double-digit steals and a 300-plus batting average, even 30 would be fine with me. He's really solid, and I was happy to start the team with him. In round two... At pick 28 overall, Freddie Freeman made it back to me, so that was an auto pick. I like a lot of players there, but Freddie should go in the early second round, not the late. He was an easy pick. Round three was more difficult. Merrifield and Benatendi were among the top hitters available, but I actually went with an upset pick, Xander Bogarts. Usually he goes later, often in the fourth round, but let me explain. I ruled out Benatendi because of because I think outfield can be easily dealt with later. And I'm not really sure how much upside he actually has um, or latent power that's there or how many bases he'll steal. Merrifield is way atop my second base board, but that's largely because of steals. So I was thinking about my plan to get a bunch of chip-in stolen base guys, but to just dominate runs in RBI. So I took Bogarts, who's a very well-rounded player, and he should have much better counting stats than Merrifield. I think I think he could flirt with 30 home runs, and double-digit stolen bases should be easily attainable. I'd love to see him push 20 steals, but even with 10, he is a steal. Sorry. In round four, both Daniel Murphy and Puig went before my pick, so I took Gary Sanchez at 58th overall. I've already got a great batting average base, and I need that push-me-over-the-top power since I didn't take a judge or stand type. Sanchez has risk, but it's a risk I'm willing to take for the upside. No other catcher will give you quite as much home run power. When it swung back to me in round five at pick 63, I made my first really tough decision. I took Victor Robles instead of Will Myers or David Dahl or Springer, all of whom have more power. 
I like the speed upside. It could take me from a solid top 15 to 20% finish in steals to a top 5% finish if he steals as much as I think he will. But really, I just like that he's a talented baseball player all around. And uh, if you say I should have taken Will Myers there, I won't argue. I was actually hoping Myers would fall back to me at 88th overall, but no such luck. Instead, I took Justin Turner there in round six because it's huge batting average upside and home run potential too. But mainly, if he stays healthy, it's counting stats galore. In round seven, I took my Will Myers substitute, A.J. Pollock. In this case, the substitute has a chance to be better than the original. I'm not sure why he was available at almost pick 100, but I love it. During the long wait for my eighth pick at 118 overall, Yates and Doolittle are taken, and I start to consider leaving Ahmed Rosario on the board and taking Wade Davis or Ken Giles. But I don't really like either that much, so I go with Rosario, and now I feel good about stolen bases. Unfortunately, Andrew McCutcheon went the pick before I took Rosario, so my plan for round nine is blown. So at 123rd overall, I took Robinson Cano. This was mainly to complete my infield, and I liked several outfield options later. Again, I could have taken a closer, but I'm so glad it worked out this way. If I had taken Wade Davis or Giles in the ninth, I take either Dozier or Moncada next round, or I settle for a scrub later at second base. And left eye says no scrubs. This way I got Cano, and I still got Hunter Strickland at closer later. I mean, I don't love any of those closers a ton, but Strickland already has two saves, and they actually count in the NFBC, so what the heck. Plus, I really like Cano to continue my theme of just dominating counting stats. He'll hit in a good spot in a lineup that's really become legit. Finally, in the 10th round, I took a starting pitcher. At 148 overall, it was Kenta Maeda, and I really, really like this. If he gets me 150 ace innings versus Paxton or Bueller's 165 ace innings, literally eight rounds earlier, it's a steal. In the 11th, I grabbed Hunter Strickland, as I mentioned, and then outfielders started flying off the board. My target, Jackie Bradley Jr., was immediately gone. Then Laureano, Aaron Hicks, Meadows, Kepler. So in the 12th round, I grabbed Ryan Braun, the last guy in the outfield I would be happy with other than my sleeper, Jorge Soler, who I took in round 17. Obviously, I had two pitchers through 12 rounds, so I changed my focus really quick. Unfortunately, Matt Barnes went two, picker, two picks after I took Braun, so I took Julio Urias in round 13. He may only get me 100 or 120 innings, but I think they'll be near elite, and I should know when to sit him. The last-ditch closers with jobs, Vizcaino, Shane Green, and Michael Givens, went before my next pick. So clearly, I'll be waiting until the end of the draft to get more relief pitchers. So I took Corbin Burns in the 14th and Tyler Skaggs in the 15th. Again, innings are suspect, but the quality could be top-notch. In round 16, I grabbed Jeff McNeil for my utility spot and Solaire in round 17, as I mentioned before. This was mainly because other than Anibal Sanchez and Steven Matz, I wasn't crazy about starting pitchers in these rounds. But in round 18, I went back to the well with Freddy Peralta. 
You'll notice a theme other than general upside with these starting pitchers, strikeout upside. Even if some of them don't work out long term and have to be replaced, at least I'll hopefully amass some strikeouts in the meantime. In round 19, I went completely off script and grabbed Robinson Chirinos for the home run upside. It was kind of a snap decision since I didn't see any pitching targets immediately flashing by. And also, I just had a huge batting average cushion with Yelich, Freeman, Turner, Cano, etc. Plus, Chirinos has good lineup around him and should have good counting stats for a catcher. I was going to wait several rounds and take Ianetta, who is just kind of Chirinos light, but I'm okay with the way I did it. Then I grabbed Ryan Zimmerman in the 20th for my corner infield spot, and the starting offense was complete. I actually, believe it or not, expect 330 home runs, 145 stolen bases, over 1,100 runs and 1,100 RBI, and a 275 to 280 batting average from this team. I bullied hitting. But I also took 14 hitters in the first 20 rounds. I did say in the last episode that I like taking shots on pitchers after pick 300, even pick 350, so this was just me putting my money where my mouth was. In rounds 21, 22, and 23, I took Caleb Smith, Forrest Whitley, and Mike Miner. I was thrilled with these, as each gives me a little of what I need. Smith has big strikeout upside. Hopefully Forrest Whitley will arrive just in time when some of my young guys start seeing innings limits. And Miner should be the steady Eddie and hopefully get plenty of innings with a solid whip. In round 24, I grabbed Blake Parker, as Twins management has hinted he'll get some of the saves along with Trevor May, who's going in the 15th round. I gotta feel like I've got some value there. In 25 and 26, I took a couple of backup hitters, Brandon Lau with his $24 million contract, and Kendrys Morales with his 30-plus home run upside. After that, there wasn't much left, but I took Diego Castillo in 27. Looks like he'll be the righty option for saves in Tampa Bay. In 28, I settled for Jason Vargas since someone sniped Frankie Montas. And lastly, I took Kyle Zimmer and Taylor Rogers with my last two picks. Both are total dart throws for saves, but we're past pick 400, so anything goes. So that's the draft. To sum it up, I'm really happy with the way it went. For the most part, I wouldn't change anything. Obviously, I made a trade-off to bully hitting. You can say I'm behind on pitching or I need an ace, but I don't get that argument. This way, I have a real strength in hitting. So if pitching doesn't work out enough to compete in the overall, maybe by winning hitting, I can still compete in my league. I'd rather that than just be mediocre everywhere. Plus, I punted innings for quality, so I should have a good start toward ratios and strikeouts. The question marks with pitching are, which guys will stick? Can I pick up more pitchers like this throughout the season? Will I get a significant number of elite innings from Whitley later? Can I pull some saves out of the closer dumpster fire? But of course, that's what the rest of the season is all about. Let's go. That will do it for this review in our cast today. This draft was everything I hoped it would be, and I enjoyed reliving it today and going through it with a fine-tooth comb. I'd love to hear what you think of the team. You can share on Twitter or the Anchor app. 
Thanks for listening, and as always, stay classy.